3: she objected to the Irish goodbye expression. Oh, really? Which is a th- apparently a thing. Yeah. I did Google it, but um, she said it was more likely that an Irish goodbye would be to say goodbye and then go round again for another like, <laughs> half an hour saying goodbye to
1: everyone. <laughs> yeah, someone to Was it you just who said it was an Irish goodbye? I, well, I've, I, you know, as you know, I always forget what, everything that I say. So I thought it was me who said it because somebody had told me it was an Irish goodbye. But then somebody else said it was a French goodbye. Mm. Does, well, I don't know. I'd we'll like to listen to it again. <laughs> I, I would say it's an English middle-aged gay man's goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> it's my goodbye. Yeah, it's, uh, and it's, it appears to be mine <laughs> yeah. at the moment as well. Yeah. So <laughs> should we do it? All right then. Welcome to What That Old Queen? A candid and adult take on queer life quandaries at a certain age. So please listen at your own discretion. Presented by Bernie and Tommy, their views are their own and in no way reflect those of any service you may hear this program on. Now, let your ears be upstanding for the <coughs> Old Queen. Christmas has come early, Tommy.
3: The absolute delight and mischief-making <laughs> on your face when you press that button was exceptional, Bernie. <laughs> if only we were filming this, right? <laughs>
1: well, it's nearly Christmas. I thought we'd celebrate a little bit early, because it's the beginning of Advent, right? Yeah. Almost. How do you feel about Christmas? You love Christmas. I love
3: Christmas. Yeah, I'm. Um, I, I, I do feel it's a bit too early to start putting the decks up,
1: but I do like it. Yeah. Yeah, but when this comes out, it'll be like almost the thirtieth. Yeah, I think of it's November. Fine.
3: Yeah, bring on the Christmas
1: bells. Bring on the. Well, it's going to be a little bit Christmas themed, mm. but that will be revealed in a second, and we can drag it out for a couple of weeks as of well. Of course, we can. Yeah, I'm sure we. <laughs> <laughs> until we have our queerness quandary episode
3: how's your week been it's actually been fine i've got loads of work on at the moment and i'm performing a lot i'm doing different things i've got like about 20 pages of lines to learn but the thing that i'm obsessed with right now and i can't seem to get out of my head is what you know i'm an addict of loose women Mm. one of the regular panelists is penny lancaster Rod Stewart's wife. Yeah. And today, actually, they had Rod Stewart as a guest and Penny Lancaster as the part of the panel. Right. And Penny Lancaster, a few years ago, was in a reality TV show called Famous and Fighting Crime. (laughs) (laughs) And so she sort of joined uh, the police force. Mm. And she loved it so much that she's now become a special constable. (gasps) Amazing. And... um, Rod Stewart was like so she's she she works around Liverpool Street and Rod Stewart was like well it's a bit of a dodgy area so when she finishes her shift I always get my chauffeur to come and pick her up <laughs> she looked slightly embarrassed and I just thought I can't really get my head around that it just seems a bit of a waste of time or is that just me?
1: Um, What him sending his chauffeur or, or her being a special constable well, the whole thing, really, but the fact that you know you get a
3: chauffeur coming to pick you up after your <laughs> after your service.
1: I don't know. I quite like that.
3: Is she is she vying for a reality TV show out of this? Well, she's already been in one, and she's a, she was a she was on Strictly. I mean, I think she just wants to do as probably as much as she can. Yeah, because there's a. Uh... I don't like the woman actually, and I'm, I don't. I don't. Mind saying it. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) She's got too many bad opinions
1: for me. Oh, really? Mm. Okay. Is that why she's a special constable? Mm. Mm. Okay. Fair enough. There was an American like action star, Seagull. It's not George George, Seagull. It's the other one. All right. Who also had a reality TV show in America about him being like a special constable. And he was like, breaking into people's houses and I don't well, think arresting special people. Special constables are allowed to do that. Well, not over here, but <laughs> obviously are. in Hollywood they are. Okay. <laughs> I mean, you can do anything in America, right? <laughs> <laughs> but should we get into a Christmas theme? Well, I
3: wanted to ask you if you'd watched Adele, Audience with Adele. I haven't
1: watched Audience with Adele yet, but I've heard all, all sorts about it. I saw a little bit of the American special okay. where the guy uh, proposed to his wife. Oh, I haven't seen it. So, I haven't watched it, but I just read about it. But I did hear about Alan Carr getting up and and singing while she got over seeing her English teacher when she was. I saw a clip <laughs> in of the that. audience. Yeah, that was funny. I am going to watch it because just for that, really. Mm.
3: And if you do watch it, then you won't be able to find a question from um, Mel B because they edited it out. <gasps> Why? What did she ask? She said. What is the nicest thing that ever, someone's ever given you as a present? And um, then she apparently looked into the camera and said, I think it's a really stupid question. I feel a bit stupid asking you this. And then she said, was it a sex toy? <laughs> was it a vibrator? <laughs> and was it a say? I think she laughed it off, but they took the whole thing off because it was a family show. Oh.
1: Uh, mm. Well... I know a country where perhaps that wouldn't have been taken off. Oh, do tell us. (laughs) And that's Norway. Mm. I'm keeping a close eye on Norway at the moment because, you know, I've found out I'm 11% Norwegian. Mm. And they've been all over uh, social media because the Norwegian Postal Service have released an advert called When Harry Met Santa. And it's like a love story which we've just had a look at. Mm. Um, it's beautiful. Yeah, it's lovely. But before, mm. we, before we get into that, it's the return of a seasonal snack out of it. Oh, is it? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm just going to go and get said snacks. Just Phil. Well, I was just going to say
3: that Norway is actually so close to us, really, comparatively and we don't really have that much things aligned so it's not that surprising really that you have got a bit of Norwegian in you no it's just like next door really yeah exactly
1: and we're I mean I guess we're kind of half in and half out of Europe well we're not really in Europe anymore but they're in that kind of they've got a better arrangement than we have and they're not in Europe (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> okay, yeah. And I think uh the the British government were hoping we'd have the similar arrangement for that. So maybe happened. we'll
3: we'll get more aligned with them.
1: Uh let's hope so. <laughs> um, because I think they're very forward thinking. Um but I but for schnack out of it, the seasonal version.
3: I can't believe this.
1: We have so you remember a couple of years ago mm. uh, we had we were comparing advent calendars and you got one from Hotel Chocolate. Mm. Well, today I went on a spending spree in Hotel Chocolate and just thought we'd sample some of their general Christmas delights. So we have a dozen portly penguins.
3: Delicious.
1: <laughs> an enchanted forest. That's so beautiful. How's your enchanted forest looking? And we do have an advent Receipt. calendar, which I'm giving, giving to you. Yeah, I need to... Save that for the tax man. Uh, I'm giving this advent calendar to you because I know you oh, like an advent calendar. so kind, thank you. But I am going to steal one so we can yeah. touch it because, oh, I've got the wrong one. It's caramel chocolate. There's one where they make it with uh, nut milk, <laughs> which I thought was apt for us, but <laughs> I picked up the wrong one. <laughs> to be fair, I'm colorblind and it had a very similar colour packaging.
3: It's beautifully presented. Yeah.
1: So what do you wanna? What should we try first? Let's try a fat penguin. Can you, do you want to open the fat penguin mm-hmm. and I'll dip into this Norwegian... A portly penguin. A portly penguin. Uh, so it, yes, created a gay-themed advert. Two years ago, Post and Norway's postal service began producing an annual holiday advert, a bit like our John Lewis advert. And it's since become something of an anticipated part of the country's festive season... This year's new commercial has prompted plenty of comments. The organisation decided to mark 50 years since the country decriminalised homosexuality with a tale of a man falling in love with Santa. The film is called When Harry Met Santa. There are subtitles, I'll put a link in our description if you see the one on um, YouTube. But basically, the man discovers Santa visiting his house. And the men exchanged looks. In subsequent years, the man continues to keep an eye out for Santa, but his visits are all too brief as he can only visit once a year, obviously. Um, during one, Santa says, you, you snore, I'll be back next year. <laughs> Have you ever said that to someone you've sat with? Probably. Yeah. <laughs> next year, Santa says, I've got many gifts to deliver. I'll be back next year. Do I look nice? And it culminates with Santa staying for a bit longer, saying he's got some help from a poston so they can spend more time together and then they kiss. Oda Rieg of the Norwegian LGBTQ plus organisation Fry. Told marketing magazine Kampange, I I mean, apologies for my pronunciation, my Norwegian's not great, even though I do have 11% of me in there. For many of us, Christmas is a time that we spend with those we love, and it's nice to see Norway Post show that love belongs to everyone, regardless of orientation, age, or whether you live at the North Pole. I'm going to show the advert to my postman. (laughs) Are you going to have a
3: little affair with your post. Well, one of them is quite cute. Mm. Did you think that um, Harry had quite a lot of Botox?
1: I mean, what I loved about it was it, it was an old older gay man. Mm. Which is great. Yeah, he looked like he looked after himself. Mm. Yeah, I'm nothing wrong with that. Mm. So, what do you think of these portly penguins? I was hoping they'd have port in. <laughs> <laughs> but did you, I thought it was really touching. The advert. And yeah. I think it's a great way. I mean, I mean, I quite often cry at a John Lewis advert <laughs> Do you? Mm. when Lulu's in it. <laughs> so the, this enchanted forest has. Um, I would
3: say those penguins are a bit too milky. I mean, mm. they're nice, but they're quite milky, aren't they?
1: Mm. Well, the enchanted forest has milk chocolate and dark chocolate. So us try go for the dark, dark, dark one. chocolate. But
3: they are so beautifully carved. I'm mm. going to say. Hand-carved? They are enchanting. By our chocolatiers. (laughs) I don't know if they're hand-carved, but...
1: Oh! Trust me. Put my phone on silent. Oh, it's Santa. (laughs) Did you fancy that Santa? I didn't,
3: actually. I quite often fancy Santa, but he was um, a bit sort of
1: gnarly and kind of... Mm. I don't know. It wasn't for me. The guy in the programme of the film... Obviously, fancied him, which mm. is great. I do fancy a Santa mm. or two, but um, that one in particular wasn't for me. Mm. But there's quite a few to go round. There are many faces of Santa. I feel. Mm. What do you think of those? The darker chocolate ones. You like the darker chocolate? I really don't like you? them. Yeah. Okay. Well, should we dip into the caramel advent calendar? I hope it's not unlucky opening a calendar. No. I waved my, um, my shaking stick at it earlier. Sorry. I smudged it with some sage. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I can't get into it. <laughs> oh, no. I You've ruined the box. it. I've ruined the box. Sorry. Oh, um, look at that. You have number one. Okay. So I'm going to make I'll have number two. Ooh, it's all very... And I have got a Santa. Have you? What have you got? I think I've got a reindeer. Oh, no, a snowman. Hmm, mm, delicious. Do you like a caramel chocolate? Hmm. Mm. What are the variations in there?
3: Well, I think they've got one from the Enchanted Forest. Oh, yeah. Um, a reindeer, Santa, snowman. Looks like, a I would say that's a tombstone, but maybe I'm wrong. Is it an angel? Is that a tombstone? Oh. There's a shepherd. Oh. And there's an angel.
1: Maybe that's just like a date. It's like a slab of
3: chocolate.
1: Like a slabby date. Can I have another Enchanted Forest? I might try a milk one. Of course you can. I'm, I mean, I was only putting them to the side. <laughs> <so that. laughs> yes, yeah, like, don't take all the chocolate away from me. I was only putting them in my cupboard for safety. <laughs> mm. So there you go. And they gave me... a. Went to Paper, Paper Chase and Hotel Chocolate today. They both gave me, like, reward cards, whereas Paper Chase, yes. up on the triangle... Oh, that one. Mm. I got very Christmases because I, I bought some Christmas cards and then... Because I'm gutted that they've left House of Failure. Mm. Well, I fear, in what you're calling it, is probably the reason why... Everyone's leaving, mm. apart from Sports Direct. Who now own it. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, but there's one up on the triangle, so... All is not lost. All is not lost. <laughs> I mean, I feel the demise of our, the shopping centre in Cabot, mm. especially when Marks and Spencer goes. Mm. Um, but that's been
3: reprieved, hasn't it? Has it? For a short time. Okay, mm. that's good. Because the Ford food
1: hall's doing so well. It's because everybody wants to... I, I mean, I've gone back shopping there all the time now. <laughs> it's a word on the street. <laughs> so that's why. Mm. I, think, I think because I didn't go for a couple of weeks, I decided to shut down. it's all about you isn't it it's always all about me (laughs) so there we go christmas chocolates Mm. gay santas what else will come of this advent season who knows tommy but we've got a fantastic guest coming in in a moment we have the very gorgeous harry clayton wright yeah uh who's a man of many talents and Harry was the first person really
3: that we saw do a theatre show when everything was brought back, wasn't mm. it? It's was very exciting to be in a theatre and then watch something that was massively sex positive and queer. Yeah. As on top of that
1: extra delights. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. And like every all the queer people of Bristol mm. were out that mm. night as well, weren't mm. they? Not all of them, because it was only half full, but, you know, many, many of them, including us.
3: Socially distant. Yeah.
1: Yeah, sex education was amazing, I thought. I really enjoyed it. So we can talk to Harry about that. Mm. But what, what are you looking forward to this Advent season? It feels a weird one this year,
3: because there's a lot of health problems going around with my parents. So I'm not really making any plans. Mm. But I think what will happen will happen. Mm. And it will be small, but I think beautiful in its time. So, really looking forward to a surprise of some kind. You know? Okay. Yeah. How about you?
1: Yeah. Well, I'm going to be in Bristol, so yeah. It's I think it's going to be fun. You've got Annette Curtain. Yes, Annette Curtain's gr- Grotty Grotto. grotto.
3: Yeah, <laughs> a show with the Bristol Old Vic, uh, where we collected some older people's stories. And a show about the area that I live in, Old Market. Did you see a video that I did for the council of me going up and down the street? (laughs) I had to um, promote the high street for the council on a shopping, get people shopping again campaign. Yeah, I I thought you were brilliant. Well, they told me I wasn't allowed to mention any of the bars or clubs, which
1: is quite difficult and it's a sort of... It's a queer area. Queer area, yeah. (laughs) And you've just done a show about it. (laughs) Mm. Mm. Uh, No, I thought you were great. So uh, I thought, move over, Carol Vorderman. (laughs) (laughs) I thought you were going to say Carol Smiley.
3: (laughs) Would you prefer it if it was Carol Smiley? I was like Carol Smiley, yeah. Okay, move over, Carol Smiley. Mm. I'm not so warmed by Carol Vorderman.
1: She's a, you know, she's local.
3: She I know she's local. Busy. Yeah, she's
1: yeah. my. Well, she's, 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 <laughs> like she's your neighbour. <laughs> yeah.
3: But she's very difficult
1: to work with. Oh, is she? Apparently. Oh, I've not heard that. I've seen her in a cafe in Clifton, stomping around in her heels. She seemed quite nice to me, but, you yeah, know, what do I know? I've never worked with her, but if ever you fall ill, she'll be my first port of call. <laughs> well,
3: she's very good
1: friends with, um, I
3: watched her... A program where they all eat together and they have to be given questions and they dial a friend, and her friend was the really tall, skinny kind of camp guy with dyed black hair and goatee beard. Rylan, I think. Rylan, yeah. yeah. Oh, he's a lot of fun. So they must, yeah, there must be something to her.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah. Maybe we can. Maybe we can get them both on as a guest. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> anyway should we have a little break yeah. and then hopefully fingers crossed we'll be back with Mr Harry mm. Clayton
2: Right? here's a cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue another cool fact you can get short term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states You can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. <laughs>
1: Right, so we're back, and we have a fabulous guest, don't we, Tommy? We do. I'm very excited. Me too. Would you like to introduce that fabulous guest? Um, it's Harry Clayton right, everyone.
0: How are Hello. you, Harry? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. Were you Hi. waiting for the applause, then? <laughs> no. I've lived without applause for, like, the last 18 months. Uh, a lot. I don't I Don't
1: hear it anymore. Well, not quite, because we we we've seen you within that eighteen months in uh oh, your show, in Sex yeah, Education.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, I came to Bristol. You I did. did. I did a I did a socially distanced version of my show and you were there and thank you for coming we were just
3: saying it was the first real thing that we saw since you know when it when everything began to reopen so it was quite special to see something that was very sex positive
0: and queer as well as being in a theater i mean i kind of wondered how it would sit in the sort of like post lockdown times and not that it stopped, you know, I, I hear a few people carried on going through the lockdowns, but the sort of lack of intimacy and like, you know, of that sort of postponed period of lack of contact, um, like what it would feel like to do that show and in, in the now times and also to do our show in the now times and how it would all work. And it was very interesting. I, I think I remember coming back and just seeing everyone masked and it did sort of take a little moment to get used to, but yeah it felt really lovely, and I felt like Bristol was the perfect place to come and like just yeah pop that cherry like for the first time with an audience um, after it was just yeah it was a really special thing um, I
3: think why I think it works within within the context of coming through a pandemic is the fact that there was a lot of stuff about your relationship with your mother in the show and i think we were all thinking about our relationships a lot really and and that that it special intimate relationship that you have with your mother just really
0: comes through in a really beautiful way oh thank you she yeah it was an amazing thing as well to then like move back in with her like you know part of what we deal with in the show is the sort of the awkwardness of like the conversation we have around sex but also about like becoming closer within our relationship you know there was a lot of stuff i didn't talk to her about for a long period of time and then obviously when covid hit the loads of work just went and i moved home back with my mom and we're closer than ever now which is what i never expected to live with her for like you know a year and a half but it was just glorious and we got a lot closer i mean it's been also a lovely experience to connect with during the show i always sent her like the tweets that people write and about her, and I screenshot them and send them to her every time we do the show. And she's she has said that like her epitaph is going to be the Guardian review that said star of the show about her. <laughs> uh, so. I, I'm I'm very pleased to have given her that gift of letting her be herself in this vehicle and just everyone falls in love with her and rightly so. She's so special and beautiful.
1: So there's filmed interviews with your mum during the show, isn't there? So that were they done previous before COVID. They weren't done
0: during lockdown. Yeah, when I sort of first had this idea to make the show, which is five years ago now as a sort of period of research like as a piece of research i just asked to interview her to see what would happen and that became the backbone of the piece which is just her the more she told her story and the more that i like asked her the more i found out about her and her relationship with my dad her like you know her background and i think she just she just opened up in a way that like was you know when you give someone the opportunity to talk and share their story and they you know they just grab it it was really special. But then I was sat with this material and I just, you know, it was trying to work out how to thread that into my own story and then, you know, maybe a, a commentary around sex education or a lack thereof for queer people. And I guess it's like a meditation on all of those things, but in a sort of gentle, funny, sex positive, like caring and, yeah, kind of way. And I'm, I'm really proud of it with what we made. And it's interesting, you know, even just saying then it's a five year journey, I'm going to next month in December, perform the final performance, final UK performances of it at Shoreditch Town Hall. I say final UK performances because like there were initially plans to maybe take it to Australia and I'd still like to go, but um, I've just, you know, when you've shared a, a piece of work that is deeply personal or autobiographical and you just know it's time to put it to bed, and um, that's how it feels to me. It's and it just sort of bookends so nicely with a sort of five year experience.
1: Mm-hmm. That's great. And how has that? How has it evolved? Has it evolved at all over the five years? Because you've obviously lived with it quite a long time.
0: It hasn't. It hasn't. It's. I think it's just gotten. It's weirdly sort of stayed similar the similar set shape of it but I think just in terms of like my comfort levels within the show now because it is quite explicit and it, it deals with a lot of like personal uh, material and that feels a bit more when I first started performing it, though, it's always that sort of like, oh, "How's this going to go?" And I feel like I have a more of a gentle approach of it now because I've done it quite a few times that I can just move in and out of these mood shifts quite easily. So I think my comfort levels mean the audience's comfort levels are like, uh, like way more relaxed. Which I think when I first started, and I was like, oh, like around <laughs> sharing quite intimate stuff i think there was like maybe an edge in the room which made it quite exciting but then i think now i just want the audience to feel like they're in safe hands Mm. and that like while this is quite confronting things that they're finding out about me and my mum and everything that i've i've got them they're safe um correct me if i'm wrong but when you
3: started making that show were you were you with your partner no um so has that sort of changed
0: the way that the that you view about the work? It was really interesting. Like my partner was there the first night that I did the show in Bristol. Um, and I hadn't really, I had said to him, I was like, there's so much I could tell you about it, but I feel like I just want you to see it. And I think one day you will see the show that I've made. So I didn't really tell him too much. And he just sat there and he, he cried a lot throughout it because he also had lived with my mum for six weeks in lockdown too. So he knew her like better than anyone like I know who's ever, who's ever seen the show has known my mummy as well. So there was just like a, a deeper relationship to it, but he was so, he was very proud and he was so, he was very glad I didn't tell him much about it, but in terms of my relationship to the work in relation to now meeting my partner, I think I'd already made the decision um, before COVID. I was meant to tour it and that tour got cancelled. But I, I knew that after that tour, I was ready to sort of, I think, put it down. So I'd, I'd kind of reached that point. And I think it was mostly due to, yeah, just being ready to, I think, allow myself to move on, like from that experience. And, and I, I, you know, maybe I'll revisit it one day in the future. I don't know, but I think I... would said what I wanted to say and it done wonderful things and I'd toured and shared those stories and had you know chats afterwards because the one thing about doing that show was that it always kind of prompts a lot of conversations for people with their own relationships to their parents and whether they did or didn't talk to them about sex and what they wish they had could ask them or that you know a lot of people say they might ring their parents like tonight to be able to talk to them after they've seen it and So I I often have like really gorgeous, deep conversations with people afterwards. And, you know, that's, I guess, one of my takeaways is that I was able to not just deliver the show, but also have really gorgeous uh, connection and conversation with people who saw it as well. Can you just Um,
3: quickly tell us the
0: wedding dress anecdote? Okay, I'm sure. So, (laughs) So in the show and in the poster, I'm wearing this gorgeous wedding dress, which I got from a charity shop in Blackpool and I walked into the charity shop and I asked the lady behind the counter, I said, excuse me, uh, may I try on that dress? And the look she gave me was of such disdain. that I thought if this doesn't fit, I'm going to buy it anyway, just to spite you, you <laughs> bag. And so, like, she painfully dresses it from the mannequin. She takes her precious time, and she hands it to me with this like lack of enthusiasm. And I'm, I, I, like, go into the changing room, and I'm like, if this doesn't fit, I'm going to buy it anyway, just despite you. I, I, I really cannot stand your energy so like I try it on and lo and behold it fit and it fits and I felt beautiful and so stunning and I knew that she'd hate it and for 50 quid because that's what it was it's like full embellished Diana wedding dress I was like this is a bargain like materials and labor like it would cost so much to make this this is like this 80s gorgeous poofy dress and I take it and I put it on the counter and I say to the lady, like in my sort of most arrogant way, I'm like, <laughs> I'll take it. It's a beautiful dress. Isn't it a beautiful dress? And she replies, yes, it was my mother's. <laughs> um, <laughs> it was just this <laughs> horrible moment where my heart like sank and i just was like oh gosh what do i do and i was like ah oh, it's very beautiful i'm going to take it and make art with it and so every night on stage i tell that story and i also feel like i'm true to my word that lady i did take it and make art with it but yeah it, i think it's That's possibly one of my most awkward experiences in my whole
1: entire life. Well, to be fair, she did put her mother's wedding dress on sale.
0: So, you know, come on. Yeah, she just... You know, when you do that, I guess you can't curate who's going to come in and buy it. No, exactly. <laughs> it's a free world. <laughs> totally. I, I don't think she had visions of me doing it.
3: I just wonder whether she that. might have at some point glimpsed your publicity shots and somewhere and thought, oh. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I should have, like, just taken a photo in and found her. Um, but to be honest I never wanted to see her ever again yeah, yeah, right. it was just such an awkward moment
1: <laughs> but you do have a mother's dress
0: <laughs> yeah I do damn, damn right and... you do <laughs> <laughs> and it was only 50 quid so bargain
1: brilliant you also have like a queer online magazine was that like a lockdown project or, or is there yes. something that's ongoing? It's called You Ought to Know. Is that right?
0: Yes. Yes. After the Alanis Morissette song, You Ought to Know. Yeah. But with that, like, you know, you see what I... I see what you there. did there. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank you. Uh, well, yeah. So when everything left, all of that work, I, I did sit in bed for a few days and I was like, hmm. And then... I sort of realised I was kind of like sat on maybe like either sort of promo material that I'd made over the years or like my old nudes or whatever. And I kind of, I'd always been, I've, I've loved zines and I like always have loved like vintage pornography. So what I did was I was like, maybe this is a vessel for me to be able to share art online and make this sort of digital zine project where we like, yeah, just, inspired by this like love of vintage erotica and top shelf publications, created this like four issue project that worked with quite a lot of amazing artists. And yeah, we released them online uh, during lockdown for free because we just thought like, actually let's just get some art out there and share stuff. And it's been seen like, I think it was over like 10,000, times in like 68 countries and which was just like it would take me so long to tour to that many people and places that I was like oh this was a really gorgeous thing to do and we realized at the end of it we'd just created like this wealth of material that had only been seen on screens Uh, so we put it together in a bumper edition and we've released you ought to know the bumper edition which is available at Clare dot press thank you for my plug and yeah I'm, I'm just really proud of it it features really amazing contributors and artists and some of it it's like i'm calling it like a little bit filthy a little bit smutty queer and tender like mm-hmm. it's the sort of like experience I never imagined that, like, I would make this project. So there's, like, quite a few different silver linings to come out of, like, what was a really difficult year and this project being one of them. And also I met my partner when I, like, moved back to the north, and he was, like, not meant to have moved back to the north. So, yeah, released a book, met my partner, and got closer to my family are the sort of, like, three-pronged, like, grateful uh, things that – have happened over the last uh, year and, and a bit, so yeah. But we released it, and it's 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 amazing. It's I've seen copies in Australia and America, and I, it's it's gorgeous to know that it's going to be on people's bookshelves for like years to come. And it was what is the sort of result of a lockdown art project is now yeah out in the world in a sort of physical form that people can hold because performance is ephemeral, and so it's nice to kind of like have something to hold on to.
1: Yeah, definitely. Is it a good coffee table book? I do like a coffee table book.
0: It is indeed, and it's only £12. It's 224 pages of glossy queer gorgeousness. And, yeah, it, so I would say that's a very, you know, a good price point for, uh, you know, a Christmas present. A Christmas or... present,
1: I was going to say, give it a Christmas plug. We're being a bit Christmassy as it's. this is coming out just before the beginning of Advent. So, so yeah, wow. put, put it on your Christmas, Christmas list.
0: everyone. Happy holidays. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> ask, ask your family for some smart... Uh, And, yeah,
1: support queer artists. As we're on a a Christmas note, how do you feel about Christmas? What are you looking forward to this year?
0: Okay, so we're recording this on the 23rd of November. Uh, I hope you don't mind me dating it, but that is to tell you that the Christmas tree has been up since the 21st of November. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> in answer to your question yes i am a christmas playlist i have a christmas playlist on spotify which i can tell you is uh, 511 songs and like runs for 28 hours and 12 minutes i love that uh, kind that of, playlist. Sort of compiled <laughs> mm-hmm. can we you get, could just put it on can we get access to that playlist Absolutely. Mm. Yeah, please. I will share that. It's just send a us the link and we'll put it know. in the
1: description of the podcast so that we can all yeah. we can enjoy, all enjoy it. days and days and days of Harry Clayton writes Christmas music.
0: <laughs> I just compiled all of this. And it's like you put it on shuffle and it takes you to so many different places. My boyfriend does hate it when it goes to like the Muppets or like Sesame Street <laughs> Christmas songs or like Alvin and the Chipmunks. But I feel like you need to have a bit of that like kitschy, kitschy Christmas as well. Just, what about you two? Are you Christmas people? Yeah. Well, we've yeah. already talked about it, but yeah,
1: I am very much so. Yeah. You, you are a bit. I kind well. of swing. Sometimes I'm really Christmassy and I feel like I'm going to be really Christmassy this year. And other times I'm like, ah, humbug. So, but I'm, I'm feeling more Christmassy this year than I have done for a while, I think. I mean, I've worked as a Christmas elf for many years, not this year.
3: <laughs> I, I wouldn't, have you done that, Harry? I wouldn't put it past you to be in a, a Christmas elf.
0: Yes. But I was a Christmas elf, this is really ridiculous, and you've only, I feel like I'm having a bit of a flashback. I had not thought about this for a little while. But I was a Christmas elf on Deal or No Deal in the winter of 2009. I did the Christmas episodes, and they dressed as the first Christmas elves.
3: I feel like I've seen that then, because...
1: yeah, <laughs> Was that filmed in August?
0: I think it was... October or something, right, late okay. September. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yes, I've done. I've done elf, and I did work not as an elf, but like I did work at the luxury gift wrap concession in Harrods when I was eighteen years old. Ooh. So I've like definitely, yeah. I've, 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 I love. I just love Christmas. So it is. It.
1: Are all your presents immaculately gift wrapped?
0: Ye, ye, sometimes <laughs> it depends how much time I have. <laughs> okay. I think there's some years where I sort of like do like the anti thing where I'll be like tin foil and cling film because people expect it to be really nicely wrapped or like parcel. I love parcel paper as well because I mm. think that's really beautiful. But just I do like the sort of clean lines and the double-sided tape so you don't see any of the edges and like fluffy bows. Like it is, it is fun to do that. I think you do need to have like a good wrapping station. But one thing that you can do is, like, if you search on eBay, like, unused wrapping paper, you can find, like, really amazing, like, different types of wrapping paper from, like, like the 70s, 80s, 90s. Like I got an amazing Mr. Blobby wrapping paper last year. Um, (laughs) And it was like this full roll from the 90s that no one had ever used. And it was maybe a bit more expensive, but I I really loved gifting the presents because I felt like there was just this, everybody enjoyed the wrapping and like uh, very Mm, much. I love that. Yeah. And also unused Christmas cards. That's another one as well where you can get like, Just really weird looking, or kitschy, or like yeah, eighties, nineties style Christmas cards. This is a podcast, so you can't see, but there's a bumper box that I'm holding up just to illustrate. There, look at that. Well, that's a top tip. I mean, I wasn't expecting all
1: of these Christmas tips from you, Harry. Mm. But um, that's amazing. (laughs) You should be on daytime TV. (laughs)
0: <laughs> well that's all my tips i'm giving them away i know
1: well surely it's not all of your tips um, <laughs> no, that's, that's very true
0: <laughs>
1: harry I, I thank you so much for being on the podcast we're having a wonderful time with you we have a little section called queens of agony where we answer some queer life quandaries from our listeners would you be happy to uh, answer within the group. Would, obviously,
0: yeah, yeah, I would be more than happy. Thank you, and also thank you so much for having me. This is a dream. You two are the absolute loveliest. It's great. Um, we, we, we've wanted much. you
1: to come on for ages, so this is brilliant. Um, so at this point, I do a little gong, Cracking. or a, <laughs> yeah, a big gong. <laughs> <laughs> Quite the
3: bell. yeah i nibble on a enchanted <laughs> christmas tree an enchanted forest if i can get it out of the packet
0: also if you'd like another tip liddles do really great non-alcoholic mulled wine i love some mulled wine i mean yeah mulled and-
1: wine is pretty non-alcoholic anyway isn't it because like, all the alcohol oh, yes. kind of burns off.
0: But to be extra sure, like for Sally Sober people like yeah. myself, and also I enjoy the Vimto Mold Punch as well, which is that sort of like mold Vimto that they do. Wow.
1: I didn't even know that was a thing. Vimto mm-hmm. Mold Punch. Okay. Yeah. Getting all your Christmas tips. Is that another tip? For... Yeah. <laughs> it's another one of Harry's tips. <laughs> I can just see like a Christmas book. Coming I know. Out. Uh, I, I feel like we we should have you on every Christmas.
0: It's the tradition. I'm. Um Absolutely happy to, like, You're you like Anthe- engage
3: in. You're like Anthea Turner.
0: There's never been a higher compliment than you saying I'm like Anthea Turner. Oh, and I just feel like I can sleep very happily tonight. She's quite a cracking presenter. She's lived a life, hasn't she? She certainly has.
3: I just remember one show where she poached an egg in some cling film, and it's really stuck with me. What, well, the cling film? <laughs> stuck to me. Does <laughs> it work? I think it, it does. Does it work actually. for her?
1: Yeah, it works for uh, her. I'm not. I don't, I think, I don't to want to get cling film involved in my poached egg. Thank you very much. You have to oil the cling film. Yeah. Uh-uh. Uh, just put a bit of vinegar in the water. It's fine. That's my and then top create tip. The
0: cyclone mm. it holds it all together, doesn't it? Yes. That's the one.
1: Yeah. More
0: tips. I love this. I know.
1: It's great. I mean, but maybe this is our Christmas. Can we just book. do
3: like one episode where we just focus on top tips?
1: Yes. Let's do that. Right, we, what we need to do is every single one of our guests needs to give us a top tip in the future. And then future, we compile the... And then we're going to have our own coffee table book mm. that we compile <clears throat> Should we, should we answer some questions?
0: <laughs> yeah, definitely. We're in the mood for, like, giving advice. Right. So, this yeah. so let's...
1: Uh, this one's quite a long one. Dear Old Queens and Harry, I won't include you in that because you're obviously uh, very young. Did you ever have the choice to pick from guys and what were your reasons behind it? I'm turning 50 next month. Yay. I think, like so many others, I've been burned before and I just have... Have really bad anxiety now when it comes to dates. Every person is a project, every person is someone I have to invest into. I'm just so afraid of falling for someone and having it fail again. There are several friends with benefits in my life, old and new, and I meet people all the time. I am just so afraid to put all my eggs into one basket because that basket might smell of rotten eggs. Coming back to your uh, Anthony Turner tip. Mm-hmm. Are the old queens serial daters? What's your secret for acceptance of people's issues, and how do you determine if this guy you are dating is worth the time, money, and dates? Well, w- we're kind of but single. what is the question? <laughs> well, I think it's like... Is it worth it? I think it? it's more about... They've got friends with benefits, but I think they actually want to date someone, mm. don't they? Mm. So they want to know how do they make that decision to, to date, take, okay, or to push it further. Harry, you're you have a relationship now. So what was how did that work for you? What was your decision to take the plunge?
0: Interestingly, when. We met, it was just after lockdown one, and we did a really traditional, like sort of socially distanced, almost Victorian promenading down Blackpool Seafront, two metres apart for a fair amount of time, um, which really allowed us to get to know each other. And I'm going to say that in the past, I might have like jumped in the sack with people. And I've met lovely people through doing that, but it was a really interesting new approach. Did enjoy like, you know, doing that. It was almost quite novel. But I think it's just about like, I don't know. Seeing sort of people as projects. That's the sort of bit where maybe Mm. you just learn to sort of, yeah, get to know each other and grow and develop with each other. And like, you don't need to maybe change people or like treat them as a project Mm. um, and just allow them to be, but I can understand you know, maybe that fear of not wanting to... Yeah, of like learning to let go. Like my partner is is the sort of first ever relationship I had and it was very... I think I've been very like solitary and isolated for quite a number of years. I'd had lots of partners and lots of fun, but in terms of a relationship, like I think you know, letting go can be really scary, and you know, it's it's quite hard sometimes to imagine letting ourselves be vulnerable and open. And I, th- I think yeah, just building trust over time and. But it
3: also, I, I feel I like just, it, it relies on what, what they're talking about, I think, is a little bit about just relying on what your instincts tell you, really, because I think this person is trying to psychoanalyse it a bit too much. And if they just sort of were more intuitive about how they felt and what they wanted to do next, mm. then they might just be open to...
1: Whatever that relationship transforms to be, to be. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I think we get come out a few questions a little bit like this, don't we, where I think people put too much baggage on something before it's even happened, and they have too much anticipation about it rather than just letting it flow and and be what it whatever it will be. I can understand uh, he's obviously been hurt in the past and maybe invested a lot in people that weren't so invested in him and I think that's what he's worried about but I think there's always an element of risk with relationships Mm. and you have to kind of make a leap of faith sometimes and just hopefully the the good times outweigh the hard times in that respect yeah
0: and and I think you're right like the risk you know taking a big leap, and but doing that with a sort of educated, like, you know, maybe after a longer period of dating. And and also, yeah, I don't know that's sort of like the cost and time, but I think you do have to invest time in like to a relationship and, you know, for them to get to know you and you to get to know them over that prolonged period. And, you know, there's lots of things to get through in terms of how you are around each other's friends and families. and I, And so I think, Yeah, just maybe going into that with kindness for yourself, but not a pressure on the idea that it needs to be perfect or this idea of what a relationship should be and just having a gorgeous, easy, lovely time like with it.
1: Yeah, yeah. just have fun with it and don't overthink it. And I I think taking your time is a really, like don't put your foot on the accelerator pedal too soon. Actually get to know each other and then then you'll know whether it, it has any kind of longevity or not. I think, not. I've had many, many successful relationships. Obviously, in my time,
0: you also do things like go to IKEA. Like, you know, <laughs> what are your opinions on interior design? Because that can really, even like, what's your opinion on Christmas trees? I feel like you really need to like know what a person's stance is, and then get rid of them if it's not the same as yours. A hundred percent. Because I wouldn't really
3: want to go. No, I wouldn't want to go to IKEA. By myself or with someone else.
1: <laughs> exactly.
3: So you don't want to go so to Ikea, basically. With... <laughs> no. What does that say about me?
1: Well, what, what if you took him to Lidl?
3: Yes, and yeah. I would I would actually really, because I go to Lidl every week to do my weekly shop, mm. and often mm. I think I wish I was there with someone else because, you know, there's the middle in Lidl. Oh, yeah. I, want to, I want to really peruse that, but because I'm limited on what stuff I can fit on my bike, I look away because I don't want to be tempted. But I think if I was there with a friend, especially if it was a friend that had a car, and, you know, I would like a partner with a car. I'm not really interested in anyone else.
0: <laughs>
3: but I could really go to town on some of those stuff that stuff,
1: because it looks great. I'm just...
3: Um, Is
0: there a dating app for taxi drivers? <laughs> yeah, it's called
1: Uber. Um, oh, okay. <laughs> um, uh, I'm just fixated by this image of you looking away <laughs> from, from the centre aisle in Lidl. <laughs> yeah, maybe you need, like, horse blinkers or something. I don't know. Shall I think we've answered that. I think we've done
0: that I think, one. I think, I think it's all right.
1: Shall we move on? Because this Oh, one, can
0: I just say one last thing about that yes just treat yourself kindly in that process Mm. like because actually the world's a a difficult place anyway and i feel like dating is so it's really really hard and whatever age you are like so just be nice and gentle run nice hot baths afterwards
1: (laughs) (laughs) yes Uh, exactly don't put too much pressure on yourself just enjoy it right let's move on because it's slightly connected Dear Old Queens, could you help me define friends with benefits? I think I'm confused. I met a guy who wanted a friends with benefits situation. I'm 43. Looking more to settle a bit, but it seemed like a start. Anyways, we've hung out here and watched a movie, fooled around. I asked him to a show tonight as friends in brackets, and he seemed totally disinterested. So my question: Am I wrong in assuming friends with benefits aren't actually friends, but fuck buddies instead? If so, that sucks. Hmm. That's a good question. Yeah. What, what do you reckon, Tommy? Friends with benefits? Well, how do you define it? Uh, well, you know, they've said they seem
3: disinterested when they were when they. Asked if they wanted to go to a show, but maybe they were actually not wanting to go to that show. Yeah, there's lots of shows.
1: Right. I think that do we need a longer letter?
3: Yeah, we probably need a longer <laughs> letter.
1: Um, I mean, are friends with benefits just fuck buddies, or can you spend like quality time with them? I think, I think, that think that's what can, he's asking. Yeah,
3: because I have I have friends with benefits, and I would go out to a show or a meal with them. I think
1: mm.
3: I wouldn't want to take them out with a group of
1: friends. I don't know why. No. But that doesn't feel, I
3: think it would just feel really high-pressured.
1: Yeah. I think the same. And I've been in that situation before where it was kind of a friends with benefits situation, which we used to hang out and have really nice quality time. And then we, we went out with a group of friends of mine and it was all a bit odd for mm. me. I don't know. Harry, what do you think?
0: I think you're right. I think it depends what show. Like, <laughs> if it was, mm. you know, if it was Top Gear Live, I'd be like, no thanks but if you said something else maybe i'd be like yes but in terms of like i think friends with benefits can be friends and i I think it depends on the person and what they're interested in and the dynamic in which they want to engage with you and where they're comfortable
3: i've actually just had a lot of friends with benefits come to my shows Mm. it's part of my audience engagement (laughs) strand
1: Is it part of your grant funding application? Yeah. Great. I call them
3: participants. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, did, I didn't read that bit in the Let's Go strategy. <laughs>
1: I think there are, there are fuck buddies who are just pretty much booty calls. And then I think friends mm. with benefits are people that you have sex with, but you also spend a bit of quality time with. But that also means they're not your boyfriend and they're not your partner. So they can say no mm. if they don't fancy hanging out with you. And, Agreed. And I think you you just need to define those parameters with that friends with benefit.
3: And there's another issue I think that's attached to this. So if you were, say, out drinking with your friend with benefits and then they were, like, wanting to go off with someone else, like, I would find that quite uncomfortable. Yeah. But I... then, really, they, have, they can do whatever
1: they want with that. They have the right to do that, but it's, it's like, again, I, I think if you find that uncomfortable, you should say, can you not do that? <laughs> Is that all right? <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, this friends with benefits situation isn't going to work out for me. Mm. Uh, I, but, and I think that's perfectly within your rights to say that as well. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's a it's a bit of a minefield, isn't it? True. I think if it goes beyond fuck buddies, it is mm-hmm. a bit, there's a bit of a grey area mm-hmm. where it's friends with benefits. It, is it is it an open relationship or is it, you yeah. know. I,
3: I think I, there, it's worth asking though just to restate that point what this show was that the invitation was for. Mm-hmm. I think we're all a bit like stuck on that
1: one really yeah well i the, agree yeah I, I thought you were gonna give us a pearl of
0: wisdom oh, I was, then i was gonna say like if it's it's an open relationship if you're together as partners but you know that does require like you know other things as well yeah. maybe and I, I do think it's a case by case basis like mm. i think you can you know some people might have different boundaries to others in terms of like the ways in which they want to engage with you in that friendship yeah be it in the house, out the house.
1: Yeah, totally. I think I think he's this... I mean, it's the clues in this situation. He wants to be more... He wants to be in a relationship and he thought it seemed like a start. So I think he's thinking this friends with benefits situation is going to turn into a relationship. And that, that's another pitfall, I think.
0: Yeah, both people have to redefine the terms in which you engage that on. You can't really steer that without the permission or consent of another.
1: Yeah, mm. exactly. For sure. I mean, yeah, we've all been down that road. Anyway, I think we've answered that question. I think very well. Okay. should we move on? Dear old queens and Harry, what makes a good top? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure True. what your f- uh, favoured sexual position is, but if you're a top, what do you think it is that bottoms want? What do you think that they like during sex or what do you think they are looking for from tops? Conversely, if you're a bottom, what for you makes a good top? Well, it's just ridiculous this question is. <laughs> it's just like what so like
3: are there just like two types of people? Uh, I know this always kind of gets And where me. where's the blurring and yeah. I don't
1: know whether I can actually bother to give it an answer. I mean, if you're talking about the sexual act of of fucking then I guess we can give you some tips on that but I, I don't really like the the, the way that we're, we're constantly defined as tops or bottoms or I mean what, I would say what are would, your tips
3: <laughs> is that what you said yeah <laughs> this is another part of the tips
1: it's I mean it could be part of the tip I mean we should have a section about sex obviously in the tips book um, um but that. yeah if we, let's t- let's turn this question into something we actually want to answer because I'm kind of sick of top Bottoms, particularly being uh, verse, or you know, why do you have to define what sex you're having in terms of how you fuck? I don't understand, but yeah, what are your top tips? Me, (laughs) I thought you were gonna anyone, anyone,
0: okay, (laughs) maybe we should do one.
1: uh, Yeah, eat ass, Mm. tops
0: that don't eat ass, guillotine. <laughs>
1: I think that was part of the French Revolution, wasn't it? I think that it was. was indeed.
0: yeah um, no, I, I, I think that that's a massive part of it, like and like not just assuming that everybody likes to be pounded like it's a porno film and like really asking checking in, is that okay? Mm. Uh, mm. Like lots of lube. And also knowing that, like, different people, like, you know, sometimes you just have to work to find a good position for you both to, like, for that to work comfortably and just to try things. And sex can be, like, I think just not thinking that everything needs to be a porno and sex can be clumsy and funny and beautiful and silly and just having a good time with it. Those are my, like, tips, I'd say.
1: Yeah. Also, uh, don't get hung up on just fucking there's lots of other stuff that you can do so um oh yeah I mean we've had lots of questions about douching and things like that is that is that a good thing to do if you're a bottom to douche or not
3: to do what the other
0: person's into but like you know I would say don't overdo it if you're gonna douche like Mm. and just why
3: wouldn't you over douche do you
0: think well I think there's you know sometimes you can unearth more like like, I think if you, it depends what kind of activity you want. If you want a quickie, mm-hmm. I think you could do get away with some handheld action. But I think if you want a longer marathon session, you know, maybe you want to do the shower hose up there for quite some time and let it settle and go again. And, mm-hmm. but yeah. But also, if your diet, if you trust your diet and you think that you can get away with it, I know people that they, know themselves pretty well and they you know they don't need to overdo that and they they know what they're eating and that they'd be okay for a little bit so mm. i think it just depend on who you are and i think you know just be very careful be mindful make sure the water's the right temperature you don't want anything too hot or too cold <laughs> i've
1: got an expert disha here um <laughs> well quite to be honest <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> yeah the the kind of sex you're having has to be kind of it depends who you're with and what kind of sex they want and what you want and uh, so i think it like communication with sex is quite good letting people know what you like and and, and maybe what you don't like as well and then you're gonna have a good sex session whatever you're doing mm. Uh, mm. and don't be afraid of that i think a lot of people are afraid of saying what they want
0: or what they like oh 100 percent there's like that's, it's a. I think in this country especially, there's such a, a large amount of shame around sex. But really, I think, you know, if we can lose those hang-ups and just, like, be quite open and honest about where we're at or what we want, then that would make for a more healthy and fulfilled sexual country of people getting exactly what they want and need. Yeah,
1: uh, having lots of lovely, sexy times. Anything to add, Tommy?
0: Just that I was very impressed
3: with us for... Well, I found that question quite frustrating and annoying, but actually when we unpicked it, I felt like there was some really
1: valuable advice that both of you gave. <laughs> Good. Yeah. I mean, if we, if we rephrase the questions, mm. it's yeah. almost like being a politician. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> what I'm
0: hearing is you asking me this. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs>
1: I knew I should have gone into politics. <sighs> anyway, final question. Dear Old Queens, new dating style? Question mark. It was all about relationships and dating this mm. week, isn't it? Uh, everyone wants that Christmas partner, don't they? Please note, this isn't an experience I had, but rather an experience posted on social media from a stranger that happened to be recommended to me due to whatever interest the algorithm is sharing. Okay. I came across a person sharing that his date is leaving a Q&A review on him. Very much like you'll be rating a service. 12 questions ranging about how the experience is, first impressions, discussed topics, whether you'll introduce the date to your friends, best thing about the date, even rating the date person on a scale. Is this the norm now? Rating dates as if it's a service wow (laughs) (laughs) no but
3: I I would quite like someone to rate me because I'd value the feedback because I don't quite know what I should say and and I feel like I last night I sort of went on a date and I said things and I thought after that's probably a stupid thing to say on a date well I think we all do that don't we do you
0: mind asking what, what was it
3: Well, I just said, you know, you really remind me of a terrier dog.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. And what what was their response to that? They said, I can't believe you said that. (laughs) (laughs) Was it a Yorkshire terrier or a Scotty?
3: Oh, I don't really know. Is a Scotty white? Yeah. Well, they can be black, actually. It wasn't like a white, fluffy Scotty. Right. It was more of a sort of, I don't know how to do that on audio. Oh, it's more of a Cocker Spaniel, I would say. But I would appreciate some advice on, <laughs> on where On what, to what dog it, to call your date. What, 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 <laughs> yeah. You know, like sometimes people say, just be, you know, when you go on a date or something, and say, just be yourself. Right. But just not
1: too much. <laughs> <laughs> I would disagree with that I think you should just be yourself because then you're going to know whether they like you or not for you I think if you pretend to be something you're not then you're heading for a fall especially if you want it to go further I mean everything will become unraveled over time anyway Mm. (laughs) if you're going to carry on seeing this person Mm. Harry what what, what do you say
0: Well, in regards to what you were just saying, I think maybe somewhere in the middle, like, you know, an introductory version of yourself Mm. that, you know, maybe increases as you go along. Um, Maybe asking, would you like to hear what type of dog I believe you look like (laughs) Uh, might might work well in terms of like some people might really want to know. Um, but I think definitely to that question, you know, new dating style. I don't think that that's something I would enjoy a, no. d- a dating review. I don't. I wouldn't want to know where I got it wrong. I like, think I'd find that too.
1: I don't know. You mean if there was a, a section on grinder, which was like trust pilot?
0: <laughs> yeah, because that's what like you know this 12 question thing that they were talking about who's where's it being posted and obviously this was like are they not just reading the guardian first dates Uh, that's what Uh, i was just
1: thinking about that Yeah. yeah maybe i feel like it's something that they're doing for themselves i don't think it's something that they're doing but you know this is probably someone who's seriously trying to get a relationship so they're kind of isn't there? There's a Sex in the City episode about this. I'm sure there is. Hasn't Charlotte done this in Sex in the City, where she well, she well, rates her dates or something?
0: Yeah, but also I think that you know there's the potential that we're talking about this, and what if it's misinformation? You know, it's someone they don't know on like exactly. you know on social media, it's
1: all hearsay and rumor.
0: But um... the next thing you know, we'll all be invading Congress. Like <laughs> I don't know if we can trust this anonymous source. Like, is this not how Pizzagate happened? Do we need to be really careful uh dissecting this question?
1: Okay. Let's so let's change the question. Have, have you ever rated a date? Have you ever done this or if you've had a date with someone, like weighed up the pros and cons of them? We've all done it in our minds, obviously. Hmm.
0: What's the worst date you've ever been
1: on? Oh, God, there's too many to mention. I like reels. In fact, I'm writing a book about it. (laughs) Back in the day on Gaydar, where it was all a bit more datey than it was hooking up for sex, it was all very blind datey. And I seem to have a series of very weird people. That I went on dates with. Oh yes, so you've talked about one and the, yeah, and the and the hat was thrown in the fire. The hat burning ritual. Um, <laughs> 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 and one guy locked me in his house, uh, and another one would just uh, spoke to me like he was a stalker. So yeah, I had some very weird experiences on dates. I often think that it's better to meet someone organically if you're going to have a date with someone like you meet them out or you meet their friends of friends and then you have a date rather than it be like a blind date from someone online Mm -hmm. but that can work as well and obviously does was your your very victorian first date with your partner was that from online
0: uh we met on a uh we we met online and we, we kind of like then moved it quickly to WhatsApp, but then we very quickly, because I think, and my partner says this, and I kind of agree, I think there's a like a point in which you just have to meet someone you're chatting to, otherwise I think you can just chat. I think there's, yeah, there's a, there's a point where you're like, if this is going well via text early, we should obviously schedule is permitting, just you know, jump in and just do it. I thought um, you were going to
3: say it went onto WhatsApp, but then we quickly decided to go back. <laughs> <laughs> We realised
0: that WhatsApp wasn't for us. Uh, (laughs) Then we moved to Snapchat, and then we moved to Keek. Uh, I don't even know if that's how you say it, by the way. Yeah, I don't really know that one. It's
3: like when people say, I I have got it on my phone, but I don't really know what it's
1: about. I don't even know what that is. I'm (laughs) 52. I'm not even going to venture into the world of Keek, or whatever that is. (laughs) Um. (laughs) Yeah, I guess that there's a and I guess lockdown and stuff has like made everything a bit more online. Um but actually maybe it's slowed stuff down and in a, in a good way because that obviously worked for you Harry. So, you know, maybe maybe that can work for other people too. I quite like the idea of you being 2 meters apart walking down the prom and and perhaps there being a chaperone there as well. <laughs> in sort of a,
3: like, with a parasol, maybe? Yeah, and Victorian dress. Yeah, I was dress. just thinking a parasol. Yeah,
1: In fact, the yeah. wedding dress, would you turn up in a wedding dress to a first date or not?
0: Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think, you know, set your intentions early. Right. <laughs> Manifest the wedding you want to see in the world and I think you can't go far wrong yeah. after that.
1: Yeah, exactly. I think be upfront... <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah yeah
1: <laughs> <laughs> or is that being too much you <laughs> who knows
3: <laughs> i've always wanted a wedding dress and i've always wanted to get married just to wear a wedding dress okay but maybe i don't have to get married to do it is that on your grinder profile no <laughs> maybe it should be <laughs> yeah. it said at one point it said what are you looking for and i said someone's cleaned my oven
1: <laughs> yes, <laughs> and you had a number of offers, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. Um, I might do uh. that because my oven does
3: definitely need cleaning. So, well, my my housing association just ended up buying a new oven, so yeah. I'm all right for a couple of months it's, <laughs> mm. at least.
1: You're all right until Christmas. Yeah, you know. <laughs> Can you still fit into your wedding dress? Ooh. Do you
3: remember yeah. that advert? Yeah. You're probably too young. Can, can you remember that advert, Bernie? Yes. That went, can you still fit into your wedding dress? I can. <laughs>
1: <laughs> what was it for? I can't remember what it was for. Ribita. <laughs> I would have thought. I don't yeah. know. Probably was. <laughs> she just eats dry biscuits. <laughs> 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 well, I hope you can fit into your wedding dress, uh, Harry. For the show. Uh, for the show, at least, because you've got that coming up. When When's the show in London?
0: Yeah. The show is on the 17th and 18th of December at Shoreditch Town Hall. And I can can get in it. You just can't zip it up as much as you used to. Um, But yes, I can't wait to retire the show and finally uh, (laughs) not have to put myself into that dress anymore. (laughs) And there's
1: always velcro. Yeah, exactly.
0: (laughs) Yeah. But it's Ribitas for now, isn't it? So Ribitas till
1: Christmas.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Ribitas till the eighteenth.
1: <laughs> Harry, thank you so much for being on the show. You've been a dream. Uh anything else you'd like to plug before we let you go?
0: I would just like to say thank you so much for having me. And uh not necessarily I feel like I've plugged away, but just how much I've enjoyed your company and thank you. I'm oh. will be on next year, next Christmas. Yeah, we, top we, tips.
1: we want your top tips. Your Christmas, <laughs> Harry's Christmas tips. That's what we want. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or we'll just call it Harry's Christmas tip. Um, <laughs>
0: so,
1: <laughs> th- thank you so much, Harry. Please say goodbye to our lovely audience.
0: Goodbye. <laughs> I love that. <laughs>
1: Very non-committal. <laughs> Tommy, <laughs> Tommy Bye, please. Lovely audience.
3: <laughs> I'm going to be try. I'm going to try and be even more non more non-committal. Bye. <laughs>
1: i'm gonna be very committal (laughs) thank you lovely audience for listening thank you harry thank you tommy we will catch you next time on what that old queen you have been listening to what that old queen written and presented by tom marshman and bernie hodges The show was produced by Bernie Hodges for Hodge Podcasting in 2021. If you have a question for the Old Queens, or you'd like to be a guest, or you want to sponsor a show and give us lots of money, you can email hello at thatoldqueen.com or find us on Facebook, Instagram or Twitter.